We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. As always, by WinBet. Make sure you're checking out the WinBet Sportsbook. If you're going to lay any coin uh, on anything from All-Star Weekend. And we'll get into some of the contests. We'll do a little bit of a preview of what we expect this weekend. Uh, but first, we want to kind of put a final bow on the trade deadline. And, and Alex, you and I did a pod right after the deadline last week, recapping all the deals. I talked with James yesterday, uh, kind of getting his final thoughts on those deals. But you put an article up on the site earlier today that does a quick assessment essentially of all the players who were dealt either at the deadline or in the days leading up to the deadline and how they've been faring so far with their new team. So, you know, of course we haven't seen James Harden. We haven't seen Ben Simmons, the two biggest headliners from the deadline, but you did write-ups on Halliburton, Heald, Sabonis, McCollum, Winslow, Hart, essentially every meaningful player who's made their debut for their new team so far. So with that in mind, I'll, I'll let you lead it off and, you know, which players have caught your eye most so far. Yeah, I mean, there's a good amount of players that are already rostered, so it's not like necessarily actionable to like pick these guys up. But if you have Halliburton or Buddy Heald on your team, congratulations, probably. Uh, they play really, really well, and I think that'll continue, especially with this Brogdon-Achilles situation uh, just seemingly never-ending. Um, same with Josh Hart. Josh Hart, you know, tongue extra usage in, uh, in Portland. Um, I... You know, again, the Portland situation, they might be the most intriguing team kind of coming out of all of this in terms of guys that might be fantasy viable. Like you have Winslow, Justice Winslow starting, playing 30 minutes a game, putting up numbers. Um, you know, Josh Hart, again, increased minutes. Um, Nurkic has just been a monster. I'm not sure anybody else will really come out of that situation. But in terms of guys like I, – I feel like of the guys who are on the waiver wire – that are were available in like 90% of leagues, Justice Winslow is the clear winner of the deadline, right? 
in that respect. I think so. Yeah. I mean, guys like Halliburton and, and even Buddy Heald have seen more minutes than they were playing in Sacramento. But a lot of those guys, like Halliburton is universally rostered. Heald, not quite there, but uh, obviously on the radar. Yeah. I mean, Winslow went from a guy that you were maybe targeting with your final pick in a draft, hoping that he would end up in a decent role. And then that, that never really materialized uh, with the Clippers. And now here we are, what, four games in with Portland, and he's played 33, 33, 37, 32 minutes, has nine steals, four blocks over that span. Like he's he's actually, I mean, this is like one of his best four-game spans in like three or four years. Yeah, uh, 12 and a half points, seven and a half boards, four assists, 2.3 steals, one block. Uh, shooting only 47% from the field, 24% from three, and 57% from the free throw line. But as I was going through his career splits, I made sure to note in my article that that might actually, uh, that's better than we've seen from him in some years. Uh, so uh, if you have him, I can't say that you should expect the 47, 24, 57 split to get any better. But, uh, I mean, obviously, like, he's someone we've seen before. It's like he's just a per-minute guy, right? Throughout his career, you just sort, like, his his career by per 36 minutes, and he's just a stat stuffer. Not really an effective NBA player. Uh, has not been – has maybe never played meaningful NBA minutes in his career, but uh, he, can, he can put up numbers. Yeah, I, I, he's looking a lot like the guy that we thought he would be all the way back in you know after the 2015 draft and and the back issues after that you know up and down rookie year in Miami, he's never really been able to put together a, a full season. And you know, 2018, 19 was the last time he was remotely healthy, and even that season he missed almost 20 games. So, I mean, I, I think we're with Winslow. We're probably past the point uh, he is. You know, he's going to turn 26 next month, so he's, he's still fairly young. But I think we're past the point you know, where, where this guy's going to develop into a type of all-star talent that maybe we thought he would coming out of Duke, but he's finally landed in a good spot where he can rehab his value. And I think most importantly, it's been quite a while since he's missed any time. And that was really the thing that was, that was holding him back. You know, once Memphis took a chance on him and obviously at the end of his Miami days, we'll see what Portland does over the next few weeks here heading into the break. But like 10 minutes ago, we just got news that Dennis Smith is going to miss at least three to four weeks with an elbow injury and you look at the Blazers' depth chart right now. I mean, they they essentially cleaned house at the deadline. Eric Bledsoe's hurt. He has an Achilles injury. Lillard, probably done for the year. Uh, they brought in Joe Ingles. Obviously, he's done for the year. Keon Johnson, who came over from the Clippers, he's injured. Like, right now, behind Anthony Simons, there is really no true point guard on this entire roster. So, I, I think, you know, in the final game before the break and then for a couple weeks coming out of the break, unless they bring in some G League guys or, you know, kind of try to cycle through and, and – maybe get a look at some players with, with an extra roster spot. I think there's a decent chance that Justice, Justice Winslow ends up being the backup point guard in Portland as well as starting on the wing. I think so too. Yeah, I think that's right. And, you know, Josh Hart might take some uh, some like yeah. playmaking responsibilities as well. Um, you know, I don't uh, – Keon Johnson will come back at some point, but if Winslow's playing backup point guard, obviously that's going to open up more minutes at like forward than – I guess maybe you're getting some more Greg Brown and CJ Ellaby, but like those guys haven't, you know, Ben McLemore, like those guys haven't, you, you could give those guys 40 minutes a game and they would barely be putting up numbers to like sniff 12 team relevance in fantasy. So um, I think it, it, you're basically just looking at Simons, Winslow, Hart and Nurkic for fantasy. And Winslow is probably your only actionable uh, thing you can do there. 
Yeah, I mean, Nurkic, I do worry at some point, maybe they, they shut him down. I mean, he's been a complete monster, and, and you have certainly benefited from that. Do you have him in stake or, or keeper league? Which one is it? I have him, I have him in keeper league. Okay. Yeah. yeah, he's averaging 14 rebounds a game over the last seven. And, I mean, really, this dates back to the start of January. Uh, over his last 23 games, he's at 17 points, 13 rebounds, 3.5 assists, 1.2 steals, 50% from the field. Like he's been fantastic, but they've, they've also won three games in a row. And I don't think they really want to win that many games going forward. So it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me uh, if we see something with Nurkic similar to what we saw with SGA last year. And unfortunately might see with SGA again this year. Um, but even, you know, much like at point guard, they have nothing behind Nurkic at center. I mean, the only other, I don't even know if they have a true center on the roster. I, I guess you could say, Trendon Watford, who's, who's looked okay in limited minutes, but even he is, I, th- I think, more of a true four than a five. And, and beyond him, you're looking at Greg Brown, who is athletic and kind of can play big, but he's listed at only six, seven. Um, you know, CJ Ellaby, Josh Hart, those guys are definitely more two, three. Winslow, not really a center. It's 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 a really weird roster. So I'm, I'm anxious to see if if Portland ends up, you know, bringing some guys in on 10 days or, or trying out some G-leaguers because – you know, right now, the, the, the way that the roster is built is not super sustainable, even if you're just talking about the last eight weeks of the season. No, I mean, I'm kind of surprised they didn't deal uh, Nurkic because he was an expiring contract. Um, and yeah, you're right. I mean, Watford is six foot eight and has career highs of 11 points and 10 rebounds. So yeah, he's not really a center um, and not really that effective. So I... Yeah, this is a pretty barren roster. We'll see. We'll see. I feel like it could get, uh, you know, once April comes around, I feel like it could just get out of control. Although most fantasy leagues are over by that point. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, Halliburton and Heald in Indiana. I, I think it's been it's been extremely beneficial for Heald. Halliburton was already playing really well in Sacramento. And, you know, by the time, like right before the trade happened, Fox was still hurt. He was still playing a ton of minutes. Um, so it, for Halliburton, I think it's a slight step up, maybe a lateral move. But Buddy Heald went from playing, you know, 20 to 24 minutes off the bench on a lot of nights in Sacramento to playing 40, 40, and 37 minutes over his <laughs> first three games. I have no idea if Malcolm Brogdon's going to play again this year. It would not surprise me if he doesn't. Um, if he does come back, they're going to be really careful with him. I I, I don't really think that they're, they're going to try to maximize Malcolm Brogdon the rest of the way. You know, Heald has helped, been helped by the fact that Chris Duarte is hurt heading into the break. So when he comes back, I don't think it's going to be 40 minutes every single night for Buddy Heald. But Indiana, much like Portland and, and some other teams that we're going to talk about, coming out of the trade deadline, like the roster's a little unbalanced. You know, you have this glut of young big men who could play the four and the five. You know, Jalen Smith now a part of that. And you don't really have a whole lot at the two and the three position specifically. No. Um, yeah, the Malcolm Brockton situation is kind of a, a weird dance that they have to do because I do think they ideally want to trade him in the offseason. Like, I'm sure they would take like 25 cents on the dollar for him at this point. However, what team is going to trade for him if he doesn't play the rest of the year? Um, but you're right. Yeah, the back end of the roster is kind of stacked. I mean, I'm Halliburton, I think, is going to have an amazing closeout to the year. Um, we saw him average like 20 and 10 when Fox was out for a while. Um, putting up those numbers regularly with efficient shooting and uh, like a lack of turnovers. He's gotten steals and healed. Heal's the perfect guy. If you're like this Indiana team, that's in a pseudo rebuild slash retool where you essentially got him as a throw in. And he's the perfect guy to 
hey, let's play this guy 36 minutes and rehabilitate his value because we think we can average, you know, 18, 19, maybe 20 points a game if we play him like 36 minutes on this team. And maybe we can dump him off to another team that needs him. Um, and then, yeah, I guess if you have Duarte, if you somehow hung on to Duarte in fantasy, it's probably a bump for him. I just, to me, like almost the bigger questions are about the front court situation because I just don't understand what to make of it. Jalen Smith started at the four and fouled out against the Bucks, which is not surprising. Patatze has been really disappointing, even though in general he's been like a good per minute guy throughout his career. Terry right. Taylor is getting some minutes. I just don't know, like on any given night or for the rest of the season, who is actually going to be like worth rostering in fantasy at the four and the five from Indiana. It has to be someone I would imagine. Yeah. I mean, that's, I've kind of been writing about this on and off in a few articles over the last couple of weeks. And I wish I could give some actionable definitive (laughs) advice, but every time I just keep coming back to, well, you know, once miles Turner's back, it seems like they are going to play him. I I don't know that he's going to be in a, an SGA type of situation, maybe late, late in the year if they're really battling for draft position, but it it seems like once he's back, he's going to play at that point, you know, you're looking at probably one fantasy relevant spot in the rotation and it's going to be whoever wins out between Batadze Jackson. I mean, Tristan Thompson's playing 15 minutes a night right now. Uh, I do think once, once Turner's back, Thompson probably drops out of the rotation. Um, O'Shea Brissett, Jalen Smith, like you mentioned, I mean, Isaiah Jackson, there's, there's really, you can even throw Terry Taylor in there who I've seen described as a rebounding savant. Um, so there, there really are like five guys who could, who could emerge. I think there's a pretty good chance that none of them are trustworthy. And, you know, we, we don't really see a consistent winner in terms of the lion's share of minutes. I, I think of that group though, Brissett is, is pretty easily the most attractive. And I, I think I would put Jackson number two. And we really only saw like one and a half games of Isaiah Jackson before he had that ankle injury. So you know, who knows when he's back, you know, maybe he's missed enough time that it's, it's, it's kind of put him behind guys like Jalen Smith. Um, but I, I think I would rather have Brissett out of that whole gaggle of big men. Yeah. You do have to worry about Batatze and Jalen Smith when Miles Turner comes back. So you're probably better taking a, uh, a shot on Brissett or Isaiah Jackson. And then it's a, we should note that Terry Taylor's on a two-way deal. Yep. So that complicates his, his future unless they decide to sign him to a normal deal, which I guess wouldn't surprise me, but that's worth mentioning. So you also hit on Sabonis and Sacramento. Uh, not a lot to say there. I, I think it's a, probably a lateral move for him, especially given that Brogdon had missed so much time in Indiana and, and Turner as well. He was pretty clearly the number one guy. Um, you know, he'll he'll share some responsibility with De'Aaron Fox, but he's he's clearly the it's it's a one A one B situation. So uh, to me, nothing really changes with Sabonis, and I it, it kind of looks like nothing is going to change with McCollum either in New Orleans right. where. I mean, he's pretty clearly over these first few games established himself as I, I think their number one guy. I mean, 24, 13, and 25 shots those first three games. And and meanwhile, you know, Brandon Ingram has seen his usage rate decline uh in, in most of those games as well. So I don't know, maybe maybe it's just a you know, Brandon Ingram allowing the newcomer and, and the veteran to to take over initially. But um, you know, if, if you're someone who's who's holding CJ McCollum, I, I think it's been pretty encouraging so far has um yeah basically the exact same numbers as he's posted throughout the past few years of his career um for me that's not like too surprising I, they really need like they really needed a dynamic guard in there um you know uh Devontae graham uh this is officially like uh what the 
which defcon is the, is it defcon 5 is the bad one or defcon 1 that's a really uh, good question. This, it, all these scales, I feel like, yeah, sometimes, you know, like, it, like with a hurricane, category five is worse than a category one, right? Right. And like an F5 I, tornado is worse than an F1. I, I don't know. I will do some recon on that um, while you. you talk. Uh, Devontae Graham, who I have been rostering in uh, our keeper league all season, is uh, dangerously close to becoming like a... <laughs> I, I mean, he's on like a... what They paid him, what, $50 million or something crazy? He's like... If he wasn't being paid like that, I'm not sure he would like be in the rotation. He's made three shots, three field goals in the past three games. No, excuse me. I read that wrong. He's made two field goals in the past three games. Um, has scored in double digits once this month. Um, I think CJ McCollum is just destroying his his usage rate. Devontae Graham is done. I'm so, like, I'm sorry if you have him because I have him in fantasy leagues. He's shooting 36% from the field. Uh, it's it's over, but yeah, I guess if you have Ingram as well, like mild concern that McCollum will be taking some shots, but um, I think they'll I think they'll mesh relatively well. Yeah, I don't think it's too much of a concern going forward. I mean, for McCollum, I thought it might be a slight downgrade just because he was so clearly the number one guy in Portland. But but again, nothing has really changed uh, at least through these first few games with the Pelicans, Seth Curry and Andre Drummond. Both debuted for Brooklyn. I, the way it's looking right now, Seth Curry, I think for the next three or four weeks, um, is it, going to end up being like the number one or co number one option alongside Patty Mills <laughs> on a lot of nights for Brooklyn, right? I mean, if Kyrie Irving's not in the lineup and he's yeah. going to miss a ton of time the rest of the way, he's eligible for about a third, maybe even slightly less than a third of the Nets' remaining games. Uh, we'll see how long Kevin Durant is out, but anytime Kyrie Irving is sidelined, um, I, I think Seth Curry is kind of going to be the guy. And then, you know, we talked about it last week. I'm not super confident that Ben Simmons, whenever he's deemed ready to play, is just going to step back in and, and be this primary playmaker. And even if that's the case, I don't see Ben Simmons taking a ton of shots. No, Andy's a good passer. Like he'll get the ball to Seth Curry. Yep. He had, you know, I, I, I echo everything you say, you know, Kyrie's not going to play home games. Durant might be in and out of the lineup. We don't even know when he's back. Simmons debut is questionable. 100% Curry's going to be the most talented offensive player on that team for at probably like at least 10 games throughout the rest of the season. So I I mean, this might actually be an upgrade for Seth Curry's fantasy value. Um, it's I don't think it's a downgrade by any means. I think it's neutral or, or positive, honestly. I think it's definitely an upgrade. No question, right? I mean, in, in Philly, he was the number three option at best behind Embiid and Harris. And there were a lot of nights, especially yeah. with Maxie with the way too. that Tyrese Maxey is rising, there were a lot of nights where he was the fourth guy. Yeah. Yeah. When you put it like that, um, I think we'll get, <laughs> I, he could, I don't know. Like we could, I wouldn't be surprised if he hit like new career highs in points or something. Like I, I don't even know his career high in scoring is probably like 35, but um, I'm sure he'll be firing a ton. Cause it's not like Kessler Edwards and uh, you know, honestly, whoever else plays on that team at this point is, is going to be launching up too many shots. Career high for Seth Curry, 37 as a member of the Mavericks in 2019-20. I also have an update on the DEFCON situation. Okay. DEFCON 1 is the most severe. DEFCON 5 okay. is the least severe. Uh, yeah, Devontae Graham is DEFCON 1 for for certain. Uh, DEFCON 1 also for the Pelicans front office having him under contract for that long. But, um, you know. And letting Lonzo to, walk. 
<laughs> while letting Lonzo walk and having to deal with the Zion Williamson situation. Uh, the, the tensions are going to be very high in that front office. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. We should mention on Zion, there was a report uh, from NOLA.com, not, nothing definitive, but it usually when something like this leaks, it's, it's not because of nothing. And the report uh, indicated that Zion Williamson could be headed for another surgery on his foot. That's via Christian Clark of NOLA.com. Uh, the, the wording was that surgery is possible, but nothing has been decided. Uh, that doesn't sound good. It does not sound like we are going to see Zion Williamson on an NBA court this season. I think that was almost set in stone the moment that they uh, put him on a bus and shipped him to Portland or whatever happened there. Um, yeah, Greyhound. That, yeah, they, they Greyhounded him uh, to Portland. That that felt like the, the nail in the coffin. Yeah, as soon as they shipped him to Portland, that felt like we're not getting an update until they want us to get an update. And lo and behold, we really have no updates. And, and this is, you know, this is just coming from a team beat reporter We've really heard nothing from Zion's camp. It's been a while since any photos of him, uh, pudgy or non-pudgy, <laughs> have surfaced whatsoever. Yeah, it's it, it's interesting. Um, and, and the article that that Christian Clark again of NOLA.com wrote, it's funny. The you know the the title of the article is uh, I'm quoting here: "The Pelicans won the 2019 draft lottery with Zion Williamson. Why are they behind Jabaranta and the Grizzlies?" As a, as a quick aside, I'm looking at, I want to see Zion's, like his rookie card market and mm. see what that is like. Sure. Um, one year ago, actually, that may not be. So March, like March of 2021, 
uh, his like standard rookie card, the the Prism base as a PSA ten, uh, was going for like seven hundred dollars, even a little bit more than that. Uh, today, it is down to about two hundred dollars. So, Yeesh. yeah. One of these days, I, I'm not prepared to do this right now, but one of these days when things are slow in the NBA world, maybe next week even, we will, we should do a podcast where we, like, where do you draw the line? It's like, of how many players would you take over Zion Williamson? Oh. You know, like, at, at what point would you say, I'd rather have Zion than this guy for the next, let's say, four years? You know, that, that line continues to, to fall, like, by the week. Yeah. I mean, it would probably have to be like, if you think, player X could be the third best player on a title team. You, there's no chance you could take Zion over them. Like you could get yeah, like true holiday. It's like, I think you just rather take holiday at this yeah, point. Right. Well, that's the thing. And, it, and obviously it all depends on context. If you're a team that is like one player away from winning a title, I don't, I don't think you could justify taking that risk on, on Williamson. But if you're a team like the wizards, that's clean house. And you're just like, Hey, look, you know, what, of course we, we can, you know, this is an acceptable risk for our franchise based on where we are. Right. Uh, I, I still think Zion, I don't, I don't know that we'll ever figure this out. We'll see if he actually hits the market in any way, but I would venture to guess that his value is still really, really high internally around the league. It's hard to say, man. I, I think, you know, it's, it's one thing. It's one thing when you're just kind of injury prone. It's another thing when you are clearly refusing to be transparent with your own team uh, it seems like you don't necessarily even want to be there in the first place. You are like, by all accounts, people are like, you know, concerned about your, your weight and your dedication on that front. And it's just like kind of a lot of compounding factors. And it's like, I don't know how teams feel about any of that. Um, you know, like compared to someone else who I guess like came in with higher standing, um, like if Giannis was someone who was dealing with like these chronic injury issues, um, but he was still like the same, like everyone's like, he's, yeah, he's just a hard worker. He puts his head down. It's like, he's dedicated to his team. He's always working on his craft. It's like, yeah, but he's gets hurt once in a while. It's kind of a risk. I think that's different than what's kind of come with the Zion situation. Yeah. I, I think that's a fair way to put it. I mean, I, I do you feel like Zion proved enough when healthy. Like he, he, he delivered enough on the hype to kind of a, a promise of, or a glimpse of, of what we thought he could be that he's going to be able to coast off that. Cause like we've seen, like think about someone like Derek Rose, you know, who has had like more major injury issues and, and like granted he's proven that he could bounce back from them somewhat, you know, despite being a diminished version of himself, but like he had that ankle injury or that knee injury, excuse me, like a full decade ago. And he's still getting decent money as a free agent. You know, like I, something, something right. about Zion, like he, I feel like he's shown enough and he's a big enough name that he's going to get like, even, even if the injuries keep coming and, and God forbid, hopefully they don't. Um, but like, even if he continues to break down, I, I still think like 10 years from now, there's still going to be a team that's like, we're, you know, this is finally going to work out for us. Like we're finally going to get the real Zion Williamson. Yeah. The stats are too, the stats are too gaudy to say like he, I think he has lived up to the hype. Like I'm looking at his last 46 games played. And it's 28 points on 17 shots, seven rebounds, two and a half, uh, which are offensive and 4.3 assists and like 1.6 combined steals and blocks. And like, yeah, he's been a, been a pretty bad defender, but like his offensive, like he was like one of the most, do he's the most, one of the most dominant interior players in the NBA. Like that is true. Um, yeah. 
The question is, what happens if he loses 20% of his athleticism due to injury and not taking care of his body? Like, this is this is also the question. Like, Derrick Rose kind of overcame it, but Derrick Rose was also a skilled passer. He developed well as a shooter. Like, he wasn't great at shooting early in his career, but he had a decent motion. Like, that wasn't necessarily a massive concern. And I think the concern has to be, like, is Zion in the Westbrook zone where it's like if you lose kind of 20% of your juice, you're just, like, just not very good. Oh, that's a good point. That's a very good point. And, you know, it, it's dangerous to lose it this early in your career. That's for sure. And I don't know. I, the Zion thing, it almost feels like it's destined for a 30 for 30 type of ending where it's like this whole thing was too good to be true. Like, even <laughs> yeah. watching the guy's high school tapes, it's like we've never seen anything like this. Like, a in some ways in my mind, like I'm, I'm usually a, like a pessimistic thinker. I try to be realistic about things and that trends towards pessimism. Like looking back, I'm like, why did I ever think this would work? Like this guy is clearly way too big to ever be moving and jumping like he is. Yeah. It almost felt like, yeah, it does kind of feel like he is supposed to be this like legend that just never like it's yeah. He's just kind of this presence that like it should have happened, but it never would like, cause if it, if everything we think of Zion comes true, it's like he's going to be averaging what, like thirty a game on like sixty percent shooting, and and he pretty much was. He was, yeah, he he almost literally was. Um, yeah. So, I don't know, man. I I I feel the same way. I'm like, I at this point, I don't expect it to work out anymore. But if it somehow turns around, um, I mean, he is one of the most exciting players to watch in the NBA, and his future could be one of the brightest of like almost any player we've seen. All right, so I want to I want to return to the Mavericks, who we I think appropriately flamed after the deadline <laughs> last week. Has has anything set into you over the, over the last few days of like why this maybe makes sense? You know, we've now seen Bertans and Dinwiddie in action for Dallas. They both debuted on Tuesday night. Porzingis yet to play for Washington. I mean, that that's a major wait and see situation as far as how many games he plays. But you know, I still haven't really seen a real justification. I talked with James about it a little bit yesterday and. You know, there's some thought that Dallas is stockpiling uh, these like huge contracts to to use in a trade at some point. I guess my question is like, what is the what is the bait that you're using? You know, to like, yeah, maybe you need money to to go get a, a, a star player who's already under a big contract, but you're not trading Dinwiddie and Bertans for Bradley Beal. Um, you're going to need some sort of sweetener, and I, I don't know if picks are enough to get that done. Um, but have you have have you kind of talked yourself into any rationale for the Mavs doing this? I mean, I I kind of get it in a sense of, like, they just weren't – it wasn't working. I think, like, there were moments where it looked great, but, you know, the Mavericks were worse with Porzingis on the court over the past two years, and him and Dachis just didn't like each other. Um, I think what they got back was bad, but I – it's very possible the Wizards were literally the only team in the NBA willing to take on that contract. Um, so in some sense, if you are, if you're like, we, we really feel like we have to move this guy and one team just gives you an offer, you just take it. Like you take the 60 cents on the dollar or the 40 cents on the dollar, whatever it is, just to get out from under it and be like, our, like we had good intentions. And I think the move was right at the time to make that trade with the Knicks. Um, but like, yeah. it's just not going to work out. So um, hopefully we can package Dinwiddie and Bertans and a ton of picks to get someone 
uh, good enough to pair with Doncic. But if not, we'll just try to do some stuff in free agency, I guess. It's a dangerous game to play when you have an asset like Luka yeah. Doncic. Like obviously, obviously, you'd always rather be in the position of having that asset, but it it puts you up against it. You know, in terms of being on the clock to to build a legitimate contender around that player. And I, I think it's fair to say thus far Dallas has failed, but um, certainly more time to figure that out. Let's take a break. We'll talk MKF, make some picks for tonight, uh, and then we'll look ahead to All Star Weekend. Uh, I want to do a a three by three contest today on monkey knife fight. So you go three for three in this and you will get five times your buy-in, whatever that buy-in may be. Um, Trey young is who we begin with here. Atlanta is at Orlando tonight, 28 and a half points for Trey young, more or less. So he's gone over this mark, obviously goes over this mark. A lot. He's, yeah, he's averaging 27.9 points this season. Um, yes. There's somehow only six point favorites in Orlando. Um, I don't know, man. I'm worried about the blowout potential. So I will say under. Okay, that is your right. I'm, I'm going to go more on 28 and a half for Trey Young. At 41 last night, I think he keeps it rolling going into the break. DeJounte Murray, more or less, 10 and a half assists at OKC tonight. I have to go over because um, in my article today, my my best bet or my pick of the day was DeJounte Murray, 25 points. 12 assists and 10 rebounds at plus 800. So uh, I will go over on the assists. I think OKC really shorthanded. They're bad anyway. I think the main thing here is Lou Dort is out, who probably would be guarding Murray. Uh, and I just, I don't think they have anybody to guard him. And they're just, I think he's, he's going to have inflated number, numbers the rest of the year. Yep. I'm going more as well. And we finish out with Jokic, 13 and a half rebounds for Nikola Jokic on the road at Golden State. I'm going to go over. I, I don't think Kevon Looney is going to prevent Jokic from getting if 25 rebounds. <laughs> you know. Yeah. No, I, I'm with you there. I mean, you look at fantasy points like allowed to the position. Golden State always looks good in those metrics. I, don't, I never really get it. It's like Looney on Jokic seems like a massive mismatch, but I don't know, man. The, the Warriors always find a way. I'm, I'm going to go less on 13 and a half. That number seems a little high to me. I think he gets to maybe 10 or 11, but but not quite. Uh, the 14 necessary to go more there. Those are the MKF picks. Make sure you go to monkeyknifefight.com. You sign up there, claim your 100% instant deposit match up to $100. You can use our promo code RWNBA. That'll get you a free $10 NBA contest ticket. You can use that tonight. Uh, tonight and tomorrow, really, your last opportunities before the All-Star break. So make sure you get those MKF picks in and make sure you use our bonus code RWNBA. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for RotoWire's fantasy podcast. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more. All that is at your fingertips with the WinBet app. Want a break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette, double down in blackjack, slam the slots, or even try your hand at baccarat. WinBet is currently available in nine states. Those nine states are. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. And it's rapidly expanding. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. Register for WinBet today, make a qualifying deposit, and wager to receive $200 in free bets. Promotion may vary by state. Download WinBet now. That's WinBet, W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. 
WinBet, the exclusive partner for Rotowire's Fantasy Podcast. Thrive Fantasy is back for another season of fantasy basketball, and they're running guaranteed contests every single day this NBA season. With Thrive Fantasy, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus only on the top-tier players who have the biggest impact on the game. Sign up today, and you'll get a free six-month Rotowire subscription. Here's how you claim that free Rotowire subscription. Step one, visit rotowire.com slash thrive. That's T-H-R-I-V-E, thrive. Step two, deposit a minimum of $10, and you'll receive a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. Step three, play in your first paid contest, and you will then receive that free six-month Rotowire subscription. Infinite value with that subscription. You'll get full access to everything on rotowire.com, all sports, all of our optimizers, everything you need to become the best fantasy player and sports better that you can be. Check out thrivefantasy.com to learn more. Thrive Fantasy, an official partner of Rotowire. All right, let's do a quick All-Star Weekend preview, then we'll get the heck out of here. Um, I'm I'm reading through the – I want to start with the celebrity game, which is usually the lowest thing on the totem pole here. And here's what we're going to do. I'm going to read you – the rosters for each team. We're not going to do like an in-depth breakdown here of who we think is going to win. I can't find odds on this game, Uh, but I'm going to name the person and you are going to tell me if you've heard of this person. Okay. And if so, what they do. I'm a hundred percent game for this. Okay. Sounds good. Um, We'll we'll try to make this quick. So we are starting with it's it's team Bill Walton versus Mm. team Dominique Wilkins for some reason. I don't, I don't know what either of these guys, like what their ties are uh, to the city of Cleveland, but nonetheless, team Walton, Jimmy Allen. Nope. Never heard of him either. He is a singer-songwriter. I'm frantically trying to look up more information on this man. I I don't know who this guy is. He is from Delaware. All right, so we have Jimmy Allen. Brittany Elena. No. I, I've heard of her. She's, she's listed as a host slash actress slash athlete slash model. I think she's just like a socialite, essentially. Machine Gun Kelly. Uh, yes, I have heard of Machine Gun Kelly. Okay. And he is a, uh, I guess, a, a musical artist. He is. He is. Singer-songwriter, Machine Gun Kelly. Dierica Hamby. Uh, yeah, it's a WNBA player. That's right. Las Vegas Aces. Noah Carlock. Nope. Uh, this guy appears to have won some sort of contest to be able to play in this game. He is the Fanatics All-In Challenge winner, Noah Carlock. Nigel Houston. Uh, yeah. Nigel Houston is, he's a skateboarder or a, yes, yes. Yeah. Pro skateboarder. Nice work. Matt James. <laughs> no. Matt uh, this James? guy was on the bachelor, I guess. That could be anybody. Okay. Uh, Quavo. Uh, yes. Quavo, uh, is a rapper. Yes. He is part of the rap troupe, uh, the Amigos, I believe. <laughs> Ranveer Singh. Uh, No. Yeah, me neither. He is a actor. Uh, okay. Looking for films that he's been in that I would recognize, and I do not know any of those. So I know, we'll move I on. Know, I know VJ Singh. No, not VJ Singh. That would be amazing. Okay. Yeah. Alex Toussaint. No. <laughs> this is insane. Uh, he's a Peloton instructor. Oh, the oh, dude. Yeah. Do you actually know who that is? I don't know who that is. No, I have no, I have no idea. Okay. All right, Team Dominique. Anuel Double A. Excuse me? I, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. It's A-N-U-E-L space capital A, capital A. Uh, no. Annual A-A or double A. He's a Puerto Rican rapper. 
So Don't, there's yeah. that. Justin Bibb. Uh, B- Ju- Justin Bieber? Justin Bibb. B-I-B-B. Mm. <laughs> well, no, not sure about that one. He is the mayor of Cleveland. He'll be playing oh, in this game. Oh, I love that oh, move. Like, if I was oh. the mayor of whatever city the All-Star game is in, I would 100% put myself in the game. All right. Yeah, I respect that. question. Kane Brown. No. I actually do know who Kane Brown is. Pretty famous country singer. Singer-songwriter Kane Brown. Uh, we have Miles Garrett. Yeah, Miles Garrett's a football player, isn't he? Cleveland Browns defensive end, Miles Garrett. Yeah. We have Daniel Booby Gibson. Oh, of course. Yeah, uh, former Cleveland Cavalier. Yes, he is officially listed as Cleveland Cavaliers legend, Booby Gibson. This this team is kind of loaded. Got to say, low-key, kind of stacked. Tiffany Haddish. Um, I know her by name, but I forget what she does. Okay. Pretty famous com- comedian, actress. Uh, she's also an author, apparently. Uh, Jack Harlow. Jack Harlow, isn't he a rapper? He is also a rapper. He is responsible for, he has that song with uh, Lil Nas X. Um, man, I, oh, he, has, he does the What's Poppin' song. You would know these songs. I, I insist that you would know these songs if, you, if, we, okay. if we played them. I don't think we can play them on the pod for copyright reasons. <laughs> All right, three more. We have Krissa Jackson. No. Uh, she plays for the Harlem Globetrotters, apparently. Okay. Didn't yeah, know that. I think things have changed on that front. Anjali Ranadive. That sounds familiar, but I don't know. Singer-songwriter. I mean, Ranadive, I think, is... Oh, whoa, she's Vivek Ranadive's daughter. Oh. No way. Okay. Nice. Okay. Okay, so he... He he owned the Kings or he ran the Kings at some point, right? So that, that, I would yeah. imagine there's a connection there. And we finish out with I'm just going to give you this one. I'm not going to make you guess. Olympic high jumper Jean-Marco Tamberi finishes out Team Dominique. I well, I mean, hey, if, if there are odds for who's going to dunk in this game, yeah, right. It's that guy. Yeah, I, I kind of like throwing like that type of athlete in there. I mean, there's typically not a ton of athleticism on display during this game like there have actually been years where i've like talked myself into watching this like oh jay cole's playing i'll check that out it's not good and it makes you realize like how you know when i play pickup basketball like i, I probably think like oh I, that, that move just that looked really cool you know when i went to the basket like <laughs> it does not look cool like especially especially compared to when you watch an nba game like even if even us like draining a three-pointer it looks bad it looks really bad yeah i i think they should do more of like i want to see some like professional volleyball players yeah. in this game like chase some guys Bunger. you can yeah chase chase Bunger, usain bolt yep. uh yeah guys like that all right so we have some odds uh we're, we're gonna oh. veer away from our our usual friend the DraftKings sportsbook because i did not see any there we're, we're gonna go over to FanDuel. uh we got some odds for the contest on saturday so I, rising stars is a tournament and you know, we touched on this a while ago there's a new format there's four different rising stars teams that do like a round robin um i, I really don't want to get into that it's going to be interesting yeah. right? a lot of a lot of good young players um jonathan kaminga was subbed in for chris duarte who's injured uh kaminga definitely should have been in there in the first yeah. place so that that actually ups the uh the watchability and kaminga is on the same team as scotty barnes Lamelo ball Davion Mitchell and Scoot Henderson. I don't know if you're if you're following the yeah. G League Ignite, uh, but Scoot Henderson, kind of a big deal uh, at that level. So Team Gary Payton, pretty stacked. But uh, according to these odds, Team Isaiah is the favorite to win the whole thing at plus one seventy. Team Isaiah has 
Precious Achua, Desmond Bain, Sadiq Bey, Anthony Edwards, Tyrese Halliburton, Jaden Hardy from the Ignite, and Isaiah Stewart. That's that's actually a, a team stocked with like legitimately good NBA players. That's a pretty good team. Um, having Lamelo and those other guys too is nice. I yeah, yeah. this is game. Um, this is a contest you could not. I would not be uh, touching this with a ten foot pole in terms no. of betting is concerned. I think and in, in, when you're when you're talking contests like that, it's like just take the longest shot because yes, like always take the farthest underdog. Just try, yeah, just try to make the most money essentially that you can. Yes. Uh, let's look at the three point shootout odds. Um, pretty close as you'd imagine. Uh, by your logic here, you'll, you're going to want to bet on Carl Anthony Towns, who has the longest odds <laughs> at twelve to one. He's not won this before, has he? He's I feel like he's been in it before. I don't think he's won it before. Let me see. Uh, oh, he won the skills challenge. That, that must be oh, okay. what I'm thinking of. Uh, so he, he has not participated in the three-point shootout either. Uh, so our, our options are Patty Mills, Fred Van Vliet, Trey Young, Desmond Bain, Zach Levine, Luke Kennard, CJ McCollum, and Carl Anthony Towns. Um, the, the, other, the other seven guys range between like plus 440 and plus 950. I think in the past I've like looked at who's got the best catch and shoot three percentage or like wide open three percentage um, to mm-hmm. try to determine who I prefer to bet on. But I kind of contend that um, you're probably not going to go wrong taking a long shot in, in this either. But I would I would consider the the catch and shoot three point percentage or wide open three point percentage, um, you know, uh, mm-hmm. odds or percentages. Yeah, I, I've always thought like someone like Clay Thompson, like his style lends perfectly to this. Whereas, you know, like, I mean, like Steph's won it a couple times and obviously he he's plenty capable. But like the guys who make their living off the dribble at, at times have struggled in this. Like I, I think you're right to be targeting more of the the guys who are comfortable spotting up and, and not needing like a rhythm dribble to get into it. Yeah, like Bain. Um, right. As opposed to like Van Vliet or Trey Young. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not seeing odds on the dunk contest unfortunately um that that one certainly will be one to monitor that's one of my uh, favorite events of the year yeah i'm lucky i'm letting you know ahead of time as i kind of prefaced on last week's pod or two weeks ago that i am fading juan toscano anderson who i may have the same vertical leap as um and i don't think i would fare very well against jalen green for example so uh yeah yeah i uh if we were handicapping this i think i would install i would install jalen green as a slight favorite Followed by Obi Toppin, followed by Cole Anthony, followed by Toscano Anderson, which probably means that Toscano Anderson's going to win. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. I, I think Jalen Green. Jalen Green has the perfect mix of like he's the perfect height for it. He uh, he has like he's like a contortionist in the air. Uh, puts power into his dunks. As, like he has he's some huge power dunks this year. So for mm-hmm. me, he's he's the favorite just based on like. I, I think he kind of checks all the boxes. Although Obi Toppin does have the between the legs dunks in games. So they're shaking up the skills challenge this year. Much needed. Uh, you know, I think that's it's kind of been a sleeping giant for a while, the skills challenge. Uh, but there's going to be multiple rounds. There's like four rounds. Uh, there's a shooting round, a passing round, a, t- a team relay round, and then a final round, uh, which is, I, I guess, like the one team is eliminated before the final round and then it's, then it becomes a half court shooting contest Hell yeah. to determine who's the most skilled <laughs> group. Um, I, I, I think we're probably a couple years away from the skills challenge, maybe one year away from the skills challenge just being no longer a part of all-star weekend. But 
there are three teams participating. There's Team Rooks, Team Antetokounmpo's, and Team Cavs. <laughs> so Team Rooks is made up of Scotty Barnes, Cade Cunningham, Josh Giddy. Team Antetokounmpo, you're never going to believe this, made up of Alex Giannis and Thanasis Antetokounmpo. And Team Cavs, Jared Allen, Darius Garland, Evan Mobley. And our friends at the FanDuel Sportsbook have Team Rook installed as a pretty heavy favorite, minus 165. Yeah. The other two teams are, are plus money here. Um, that tracks. Uh, don't have a lot of faith in the uh, Antetokounmpo's, although I am curious about what their odds are if you have those. The Antetokounmpo's like, like three to are, one? they're the long shots here, plus 390. Four to one, you know. Uh, yeah. competition. Maybe that's... parlay that with Desmond Bain. It's not quite random, uh, but it's new. I don't know. I, I think I think the Rooks are the appropriate favorite here. Uh, but bizarre one competition. To one to, they uh, have to feel really great about. They it. got they got to do something else. I don't I don't know like uh, it. I don't know if they need to like just keep workshopping it until they find something that works, or they just need to scrap it entirely and just be like, hey, we're doing something completely different. You know, one on one tournament. Please. It doesn't like, obviously the dream is a one-on-one tournament that comes down to LeBron and Durant playing to 11, you know, in front of 20,000 people. I, that's never going to happen. There's a, a million reasons why most guys in the league, most stars would not sign up for that. But I don't even care if we're watching, you know, CJ Ellaby go up against Davis Bertans in, in one-on-one. <laughs> I don't care. Like it doesn't matter who the players are. Like, if they're, if they're semi-recognizable, that's a nice bonus, but even like just throw in a bunch of guys who are trying to make a name for themselves a one-on-one tournament with any NBA players is going to be super entertaining. And the higher, higher profile, the player, the better. Uh, I agree. Um, but I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't think that will ever happen just cause like the high, um, you know, like the high profile guys never do it. I, right. I wouldn't be surprised if, I mean, I think ideally you could do something like big three almost, or you could do like the G league all-star game instead of, the instead of the skills skills competition during that time period, but who knows? So I found some odds on the dunk contest. Hunted these down uh, on the Action Network. We're we're jumping all over the place here. Um, these are via DraftKings apparently, although I, I did not see them on the DraftKings website. So as as predicted, Jalen Green slight favorite plus two hundred. Obi Toppin plus two hundred five. Cole Anthony plus three hundred. Juan Toscano Anderson plus three forty. Not not as much value as I would have hoped here. <laughs> no, not the not the value that you'd want from Juan Toscano Anderson. Um, but I, I'm I'm going with Jalen Green. You could tell me almost any odds, and I I think I'm I'm pretty locked into Jalen Green. Yeah, like like I said on the last time we talked about this, like Jalen Green has the perfect dunk contest body, where it, it, right or wrong, like the dunks just look a little more impressive because he's not six seven, six eight, six nine. Um, I, I think he has a good chance. I I really would have wanted to see Kaminga in this, especially like he's, he continues like every single game he gets like 15, 20 minutes. He's putting up at least one or two big time dunks. He had a couple huge ones at the end of that Clippers game the other night. It kind of egregious that he, I don't know if he was asked and declined, but I feel like he deserves a spot over Toscano Anderson. There are a lot of NBA players that I believe deserve the spot over Juan Toscano Anderson. But um, unfortunately the, the whole process of who gets asked and who says no, seems like it's uh, top secret. And if you, you know, you could probably request it, but it'd be redacted with a bunch of black Sharpie lines. So the odds for the all-star game itself, we have team LeBron installed as a six point favorite over team Durant. 
which it, it does feel like despite LeBron continuing to like really struggle with real life personnel decisions, he, he continues to dominate the all-star draft year after year. That's true. Um, I mean, he ended up with James Harden basically for free at the end of the draft. So that was nice. Although right. Harden's not going to play. Insane um, value. Yeah. Insane. <laughs> yes. On paper value. Uh, I, I threw the roof for LeBron. What is your level of excitement at this point for the all-star game? Like, will you be making a point to watch all or any of these events over the weekend? Um, uh, the only thing I usually like make sure I see is the dunk contest and the actual all-star game. Everything else is kind of, kind of vibe it out. You know, if, if I have nothing else going on, I'll check it out. Uh, yeah. not excited about this as much as I love Giannis and love the Antetokounmpo's. I uh, really do not care about this uh, new scaleless skills challenge format, but the three point contest is interesting. You know, rising stars and will be interesting, if not extremely confusing and bizarre for everybody involved, but seeing some of the G league guys, yeah. uh, like top prospects, I think will actually be really cool. Yeah. I'm excited for that. I, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm excited for the skills challenge, but I'm at least, uh, you know, eagerly anticipating what the changes are. I, I don't think it's going to, you know, dramatically change the reception. <laughs> I, I think the, it's still going to be a resounding, like, why are we doing this by the time Saturday night is over? But um, I, I think we're due for a good dunk contest. Uh, you know, the three point shootout, some people love it. I, it, it's okay. I don't know. I, I, I think the dunk contest is significantly more exciting, uh, but I get the appeal for the three point shootout. And then the all-star game itself, I, I still enjoy watching it. I, I know they've, they've made some efforts to try to make it more of a legitimate game. And I think the players have actually done an okay job the last few years, like at least buckling down to some degree, not making it like it get for a while there, it was getting like really laughable in the middle of the last decade. And it's been a little bit better lately, but at the end of the day, it's still fun to see, you know, 24 of the 30 best players in the league on the court at once. Yeah. I don't think anybody expects like, uh, 48 minutes of competitive basketball, uh, or do they only play 40 minutes? Um, I think it's 48. I think I, I think people just want like the fourth quarter to be interesting. I I, I think that's all people really right. like want. And, and it the, has the last couple of years. It's been really yes. interesting. Yeah, it's been good. So I think I think they are accomplishing that at least getting like five to ten minutes of competitive basketball in at the end. Yeah. All right, man. Well, I'm glad we broke that down. That was fun looking into the celebrity game. Uh, we, I guess we didn't mention that as, as far as what we're looking forward to. I think that's <laughs> number one on the list always. Um, but, but I, I got to catch a flight tomorrow morning, heading out to Arizona, going to play a little bit of golf. Uh, my girlfriend's going to do some rock climbing. going to be very interesting to see how that goes. So my biggest concern right now is going to be, uh, you know, adjusting to the time change out there, making sure I'm not missing any of this stuff.